Hello and welcome. My name is Malia Turner, host of DEI is Epic. As a global leader in legal services here at Epic, we know that diverse companies lead the way in innovation. Each episode, we'll be diving into various topics with our top leaders and our best-in-class employees, tackling how we all can make our workplaces more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. I'm excited to share that we have Rob Edwards, Epic's VP of Talent Management and Total Rewards with us today. Rob and myself are directly responsible for DEI at Epic. We felt it was important that the first episode of our podcast introduces the two of us and allows our employees and our clients to hear firsthand what this program means to us, our own journeys with DEI, and how we plan to make a difference. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. Very good. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I'd really love to just kind of dive in and get right to it. Um, I think that there's a pretty obvious question that everyone will have, which is, what is your experience with DEI? Well, it started, I'd say, around 20 years ago now when I was working at the Home Depot. We were in the process of standing up our own DEI program uh, for that organization, which at the time was was quite large in its own right. And it was time, arguably past time, for a DEI program, which was a DNI program at the time, uh, to get started. And I was a part of the group that was really responsible for uh, working with our, our newly appointed DNI leader and then carrying forward messaging and training to managers and employees around the organization. And from there, I've held various roles that touch on DEI in various ways, Bank of America, and then my role at Conexa, which was eventually acquired by IBM, was really one in consulting with organizations of all sizes, industries, uh, locations around the world. Part of that consulting work brought us into uh, looking at evaluating not just culture or engagement, but also specifically the the DEI programs, practices, uh, in some cases, the health, the effectiveness of their employee resource groups and the other facets of DEI as well. So what I found is that in the HR space, you can look at pretty much everything we do through a DEI lens. And if you're not, you're probably missing something. I love the way you put that. And I think that's a really good point. I've definitely found it touches everything. And it's hard to say it doesn't. Because if you want to actually include everyone, it has to touch everything. If you want things to be equitable, it has to touch everything. If you really want diversity, it has to be equitable and inclusive. So it's all really interconnected. I think that is learning about your experience. So I report to you, right? And I came in and you shared this experience with me. And it was such a, a relief and excitement to me to know that I got to report to and work with a leader who has experience in this space. Because I'm Epic's first DEI employee, right? Like this is the first time we're really breaking into this space. And while I have education and experience in DEI, that wasn't really where my profession was. I did that in my free time. I did that with nonprofits. I did that in building community. I did that through more hands-on lived experience and education. And then I ran teams and I did ops groups. And so getting the opportunity to kind of combine the lived experience and education that I have with your very direct transferable skill set of building up and standing up these kinds of programs, I think has made a really big positive difference for our program. Because combining those two things together, I think is going to make the most impact on our employees. Lived experience is wonderful, and I think that does a lot, and it provides a unique perspective, 
but it's not enough for me to just come to the table and say, well, I've had experiences before when those experiences aren't standing up a program or talking to executives about how to change this or thinking through recruiting. So with that said, what do you feel your role is? I know that we've chatted about this before, about how I feel about my lived experience and kind of how you feel about how lived experience ties into DEI. So I'd love to hear more about what you think about that. As I reflect on that a little bit, I, I go back to part of our our, our mission, our vision of, uh, of DEI at Epic. And there's a part of that that really speaks to creating, fostering an environment where everyone feels they can belong, has opportunities for growth, success. And I feel like it's my role really to help foster that in our culture. And I I, I very much am am cognizant that this very much does take a, a broad section of our employees, leaders, to make that the case. It, it is affecting policies and changes, practices, mindsets across the organization. And that is not a one person job. And so I feel like my role really is, yes, to to advance that mission, but it's really in influencing and partnering, collaborating with a lot of people to make that happen. Um, as, as I mentioned before, just everything we do, you know, certainly from an HR space, certainly from a talent management standpoint, but more broadly around the organization has some element that where, where DEI plays a component or it should be playing a, a part and helping our organization move closer and closer to realizing um, that mission where people really do feel like they belong. People can feel like they, they thrive as their authentic selves at work that that's what I believe I'm I'm here to help bring about, certainly in working with and through other people. But to the extent that I can advance that, influence it, that is that is really where I believe my my role is and, and how I can help us all be successful. I really like the way you put that because I think it highlights that DEI has to be purposeful. This isn't ever going to happen on accident. We're not going to stumble upon changing our culture or evolving in these ways. We're not going to be able to just simply walk into it one day and look around and we happen to have a diverse employee population and we're seeing the diversity we want to see in leadership because it's lucked into it. This is something we have to be incredibly thoughtful and purposeful about and really bring, to your point, um, expanding our spheres of influence and bringing other leaders along in that path so we're being really thoughtful about it. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. It, you said it, it doesn't always just happen on accident, right? There's a reason why organizations have dedicated focus resources in the space. And it's because it doesn't. It doesn't just happen on accident. So how can we go about bringing that further into our culture where this does become just a seamless part of who we are, what we do? Epic is a really diverse, incredibly inclusive place. Not to say that we aren't, but you're you're always looking for ways to evolve and advance that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it says a lot about the kind of employees that we attract, that we are as diverse and innovative and inclusive as we are. Because I something I really love about working here is we attract employees that when they see a, see a problem, if they don't see a solution, they're going to raise their hand and they're going to innovate and they're going to dive in to solve that problem themselves. And that's one of my favorite things about working here. And I've seen that across business units, across teams. It's nothing but people wanting to solve problems in really collaborative and creative ways. 
And so I am excited for us to have a DEI program so we can kind of harness all of that creativity into one concentrated place to drive things forward. And so I know that you've advocated for DEI programs at Epic for quite some time. Why was having a DEI program so important to you? It's always been important to me, and I've seen it increasingly the case that we we were missing opportunities without it. Everything from the feedback that we receive from our employees to our clients and prospective clients as well. We as a, a society, I think, have moved forward in many respects in in understanding, appreciating, valuing efforts in the DEI space. I had seen that for some time evolve and felt like it was it was due, if not again overdue, for us to put concerted focus and effort on that. And again, it, why did I think it was uh, it was needed? Well, yeah, it's the right thing to do. That's the obvious answer. It's also the necessary thing to do for the health of the business, and and that's really the truth. When you see opportunities come our way in RFPs, in presenting to clients, in answering tough questions around DEI practices uh, that come from clients, and in many cases, increasingly, uh, prospective employees and your current employees. So we're we're seeing that on the front lines in, in so many respects, and our ability to not just have a nice story to tell, but have meaningful action is really part of what I have seen as the need and what we've responded, I think, really effectively to. I'd agree. And there's so much data to back that up. I believe Glassdoor did a survey of potential employees or job seekers, and it is 70% of job seekers rank diversity programs and diversity in companies and really being able to see the impact of that, not just the words, as a top decision when selecting who to work for. And that we all know that there's a war on talent right now. And so having our program be at the forefront and building out our a culture of belonging and inclusion that attracts what we know is important to the majority of job seekers. And there's, of course, I mean, if you're in the DEI space, you've heard the business case for DEI, I'm sure a million times, but it really does show McKinsey and Company states that worldwide, the odds are 35% better that diverse and inclusive firms will outperform their competitors. I want a 35% edge, <laughs> right? And I know our clients do too. So there's really no reason from our employees to our clients of why we shouldn't be doing this. And I think we've done a lot. We've made a lot of progress. I'm incredibly proud of our program and the progress that we've made and what we're doing for our employees. But I also think there are some kind of natural misconceptions about DEI and there's some common things that I've heard. So some of what I've heard is I don't know where I fit in. I don't know. I don't really see where I belong. So I think it's very necessary and important and valuable that DEI programs focus on underrepresented and marginalized groups. But that isn't everyone. Right. And so what would advice would you have for someone who doesn't see themselves in our DEI program or doesn't really understand how they can fit into it? Well, I, I guess my, my first response would be that I can relate to that in the sense that I, I gave this a lot of thought as we evolved our, our DEI program and practices here at Epic in, in taking on a leadership role for that. It was not lost on me that I'm, I'm not a member of an underrepresented group or at least not an obvious underrepresented group. I'm not someone that you would necessarily uh, assume to be the most obvious candidate to lead DEI 
in an organization. And uh, it wasn't lost on me because, I mean, we, we say it all the time in, in DEI cir- circles, uh, representation matters, visibility matters. And I understand that and I appreciate that. And, I you know, so I, I wrestled with that a bit. One thing, though, that I I came to the conclusion around was that for us to move together as an organization with appreciation for diversity, intentionality around building equity in an inclusive environment, it it can't just be focused on members of historically underrepresented groups. It has to be about everyone. It has to be about developing allyship, changing hearts and minds, and not just feeling like you know you're building an inclusive environment for an underrepresented group, but for understanding that that is everyone, including those who are not part of those groups. And so you, you can't do it with just a focus on one segment of the population or another. Inclusion really is everybody. And honestly, that's hard work. It, it, it's it's nice to talk about. It's it sounds really positive, but it's not always easy when when you have divergently different points of view on topics. Being inclusive means developing this foundation of of respect, understanding, a genuine interest in learning, and and really wanting to develop kind of a foundation of empathy for people. And so. If, you know, do I fit into a DEI program? If you feel like you don't, a couple of things. One, you ought to. And so if there's something that's not right with that particular group or or whatever, that, that may be the case. But you ought to feel comfortable taking part in that because joining in as an ally is equally important to the efforts and in advancing the interests of, of true inclusion in the organization as anything else. I couldn't agree more. I think you put a lot of that really well. And I think I've had this question come to me um, in my role. I've had multiple people really well-intentioned too, who are bought in. They want to participate and they say, I'm doing the right thing because I'm not getting involved. I'm letting other people have the seat at the table. I'm doing the right thing. I'm not taking up space. And I think that's incredibly well-intentioned, but not only does inclusion truly mean everyone, but we also don't want to put, you're right, it's hard work. And we don't want to put all of the work on the least represented groups of people, right? Like that really goes against the ethos of the program. What we want to do instead is all work together and share that workload collectively to drive us forward and hear what each other think and how to drive things because allyship is usually stronger and more effective than people of that group fighting for themselves. And so we need our allies. If you are an employee listening to this and we've gotten this feedback before, got this feedback really recently and recently as well, and I really appreciated it. It said, I want to understand what's clear to me about joining an employee resource group that I'm not a member of that community for. I don't want, I want it to be, I want to understand, am I welcome there? Or am I invading on someone's space? Am I, should I actually not be there? And I think that's a really fair and honest and again kind question and a very respectful one but all of our employee resource groups are actively designed and hopeful and earnestly wanting allies to show up that way you can be in community with them you can learn more about them you can hear from a community's perspective that isn't yours and be a better friend be a better colleague be a better manager be a better leader we can't include people we don't know or understand 
Yeah, that, that's right. And and when you when you think about developing inclusion, it, it really does take, as we've said, it takes everybody. And if if we have an underrepresented group, and we're trying to you know foster an environment where there is a greater sense of inclusion, you know, who are the hearts and minds we're trying to shape and, and change? On one hand, it, it's with this underrepresented group. On the other hand, it's it's with a majority group and how you can help them become better allies, more aware, more empathetic. And that's where, you know, you might argue that, you know, an equal, if not even greater challenge exists. So if you don't belong or, or aren't, you know, part of one of these historically underrepresented groups or communities, uh, and you're questioning, should I take part? I mean, the answer is yes, you're, everyone should take part in some way. Also, I'd love to break down to build on this, this misconception that mm-hmm. you're either a part of an underrepresented group or you're a part of majority and you're an ally and you can never be both. So to like speak to myself and my own experiences, I'm queer, I'm a woman of color, but I am not black. And so I thinking that I somehow could, an ally is no longer a word for me would be silly because I need to be an ally to our black employees. I'm not Jewish. I don't know anything. I don't know a lot about that. That's a way that I can provide support and allyship. There is no reason for me not to join CRGs or excuse me, employee resource groups that I'm not a member of. I actually should be in all of them because to speak to just being queer for a moment, I there are black queer people at our company. And if I'm not bothering to also show up at Black at Epic and I'm not really making an effort to understand them, I'm not even going to be able to effectively support and be an ally to the unique experience of people in my own community. Because we aren't just one thing. Everyone isn't just one identity and they hang up other parts of themselves, you know, and make it small. We, we're all of it. We're all of these complex identities and they all kind of weave into who we are. So we should, we all are allies. We all should be allies. We can all be allies to one another. That is not something that's just for someone in the majority. We're all the majority somewhere. I promise right. you, we all are. So we all got to <laughs> really show up and be allies for each other. So I, I think that that focus on allyship is really huge and something that I'll be honest, I think we're making pretty great progress on, but I'd love for us to continue to focus on and dive into and continue to strive to do more through. Cause I think that is the key to us really including everyone and sharing that workload. One more question for you, kind of on the misconceptions that we have around DEI. And I have heard not just once, not twice, but honestly, quite a bit, and not just here at Epic, but even outside of Epic, a really common idea or misconception is that by introducing a DEI program or DEI metrics, that people are no longer being judged on merit. That merit's gone out the window. People aren't being judged equally instead. You're being judged on your race, your gender, or sexuality. You're only hiring people because of those things, or you're not hiring someone because of those things. So I, I'm pretty confident that that misconception is present because it's present everywhere. So what would you say to our clients or our employees here that that might think that us having a DEI program means they're not going to get to stand on their merits anymore? And I agree, Malia, that I'm sure that that misconception is, is out there and I've heard it as well. You know, a couple of things come to mind. I, I would just ask individuals with that misconception to be open be open to, to thinking about, learning about a, a different perspective on, on that. Because, you know, the intent behind so many of our efforts really is 
really boils down to developing a greater sense of empathy. Empathy for others in their their experiences, their lived experiences, uh, their cultural experiences, and really seeking out that understanding as a basis for how we can interact and build a better culture. That's really a foundational part of, of who we are and how we go about our work in DEI. Secondly, I would say so much of the work that we do it, it centers around creating visibility to where uh, we may have challenges, bias built into our system in some way or another. And if we aren't bringing that to light, that visibility to our practices and processes and our decision making, then we really aren't holding ourselves accountable for eliminating or managing, controlling how bias works into systems Epic being a, a big series of systems and machinations. So, and that's everywhere. That's everywhere from just simply how we interact with each other uh, as colleagues, um, how you treat people, uh, to things that you might uh, more traditionally point to along the lines of hiring decisions or performance or any number of kinds of administrative decisions that we, we have. The metrics around diversity is one way. It's not it's not the end all be all. You know, it's not a elimination or even a reduction of any way of, of creating a, you know, a series of double standards where we're no longer being judged on our merits. It's very antithetical, I would say, to our our, our, our goals. But instead it really is to bring a light to how we can be more effective in those decisions, how we can be more effective in identifying bias where it's at and, uh, and addressing it. So I, I understand where a lot of that misconception has come from. I, you know, I would be kidding you and any listeners out there. I, I've seen, you know, these examples of many organizations that then become, you know, sort of the, uh, the talking points for people to propagate that misconception. In my estimation, organizations may have misstepped all the right intentions. They may have misstepped in taking actions that that further that point of view. Um, that's not where we're at. We do want to build this culture, bring people together, while also creating communities for people to foster a greater sense of belonging. We want to hold ourselves accountable for policies, practices, decision-making. Part of how we do that is with data and process audits and that sort of thing. It's a very big picture around what we're doing to address DEI at Epic. And ultimately, we we want bias to be put in in the backseat and we want our merits to stand on their own. That That is honestly what we would all strive for. I love the way you ended that because I think what's so interesting about that misconception is that the goal is actually that people just get to stand on their merits. That's the ultimate goal is that it right. truly is a pay for performance culture and we are just judging you on your qualifications and your performance and that's how things are getting determined and that we remove those other biases that sneak in. So our goal isn't to introduce new ones or favor different biases over others. It's that we eliminate them altogether so that we can all confidently look around and say, oh, I, I know I'm the best because I just stood on my merits against others standing on their merits and I was still selected. I know confidently. And so I think, love the way you ended that. It really is like you were saying, and 
hypothetical to think it's not about merits. And that's really what we're striving towards is that that's really what we all stand on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to wrap this up, our my final question for you, Rob, is what we're doing a lot. I know you and I both know we're doing a lot. We're driving a lot of things forward right now. We're, it is a really big undertaking to have a DEI program. They're not small. Diversity, equity, inclusion are not small concepts, but it is a lot of work. So with all of the things we have on our roadmap and coming down the pipeline, what are you most excited about that we are doing to drive DEI forward? You know, first, I would just say what I have been most excited about has been the employee response. This has really come out of a groundswell of interest from our employees to help advance the organization and recenter our priorities in this area. And so really taking that employee drive, that interest, the importance that our employees have said, this needs to be a priority for us at Epic. And then to move all of this forward and to build this into, it, it's it's probably cliche to say, to build it into the fabric of who we are. But it is to say, we want ideas to take root. We want employee ideas that come from any part of the organization. I can have ideas, Malia's got ideas, our, our uh, diversity committee, our, our community resource groups, they all have great ideas around what we can do to advance DEI at EPIC. We wanna make sure those ideas um, can get carried forward into action and take a root so that it's not one idea that affects one person or one team in one corner of our business, but we can move this culture for the 6,200 plus employees and growing and that, you know, an idea today can become a policy, a practice that affects a really big organization tomorrow, as well as our clients and so on. So I'm always excited about the impact that we can have. And I see that this has been an incredible start to our work in DEI, but it's just been a start and, and we have so much more we're, we're going to get done. I love that. It's good to a good and exciting reminder that it is just the start. Um, we have made, I think, incredibly impressive progress for how young we have of a program. And I think we're going toe to toe with some folks that have a program that's a lot more mature than ours because of, to your point, our employee interest. Uh, again, that is my favorite thing about working here. It's the people. We have people who are so passionate and so driven, who want to lead the charge, lead the way, and take things on. And I think that makes our DEI program unique, is that we have some of the most creative, innovative, committed, uh, dedicated uh, people I've ever gotten to work with that just want to solve a problem. And they're going to help work with you on how to solve that. I think that's really going to drive us forward. And I think that's the one thing I hope our employees take away from this conversation is that this is really about our employees. This is about us creating and continuing to create an environment for them to belong and thrive, that they love being a part of, that they're solving this with us, that we are sharing this workload with them. And I think for our clients, that'll make all the difference and they'll feel it in that product that we deliver. Well, thank you so much, Rob. I really appreciate your time today. And I look forward to us diving more into with other DEI leaders, what we're going to be accomplishing and diving into other advice that we can give to our employees and our clients. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Malia.